0: Welcome to the podcast that's good for business. This is the place to get ideas and tips to increase your sales, boost your business, and create a more productive and prosperous life. In each episode, you'll find insights gained from decades of experience that have produced millions in sales and reached thousands of entrepreneurs worldwide. And now, here are your hosts, John Lavinia and Tony Rush. Welcome, everyone, to another thrilling episode of the Good for Business podcast. John Lavinia is here with you. And with a special guest presenter today, not Tony Rush as our usual co-host, but we do have someone who I've gotten to know over the years who has been uh, very successful in, on the Internet in ways that uh, a lot of people look at and might say, well, I don't know, that, that looks like a, you know, a big, scary place to, to try and make your mark. And this guy is doing exactly that. Today we're talking with Mr. Igor Kifetz, the solo ed guy, out of Israel, Igor. Can you hear me, sir?
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, John.
0: Uh, a pleasure. How's that? how are things over on that side of the uh, the world?
1: Well, they are as safe as they'll ever be, I guess. I mean, I was just uh, thinking about how a uh, an Apache helicopter was roaming the 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 skies here because I live near an Air Force base, so they're probably, you know doing some some operational stuff over there just in training but you know how it goes in this part of the world but you know just dealing with it and living your life day to day you know staying positive
0: yeah absolutely and you know it's uh we all have different circumstances which is pr- pretty good metaphor i think for uh, business and how we approach, of course, here on the good for business podcast, we like to relate everything back to you know what does this mean for the entrepreneur, for the person the the aspiring business owner, or the person who's looking to take their business online or expand their influence in the marketplace. Uh, we all come from different circumstances, and then uh, obviously, in your case, you've got you know physical circumstances and considerations in that part of the world, and yet here you are equally as able to be successful despite any uh, adverse circumstances because we've got this internet thing so i think we'll focus on that to to whatever degree but igor before we even go there you've got you've got a bit of history right you did, you weren't just born into internet you know online marketing success so something happened there was some sort of a path and i think our listeners would love to hear a bit about your evolution uh, into the igor we all, we all know and love now
1: i'm um, sure well, uh, definitely something happened, and it, it happened over the course of several years, didn't happen overnight. Uh, like most people actually feel uh, you know, it happens. Like we often look at a success story and we'd be like, oh man, this person became an overnight celebrity because that happened. But the truth of the matter is, it doesn't work like that. You know, there's a great uh, Picasso uh, story or anecdote where Picasso walks down a, you know, a market. And this lady recognizes him, and she's like, oh, my God, you're Pablo Picasso. Can you draw me something? Can you draw me a masterpiece? You know, And he's like, sure. And she hands him a a piece of paper, and he draws a little thing. And he hands it back, and he says, okay, that's going to be $100,000. And she's like, what? It took you 30 seconds. He says, well, it took me 30 years to draw that thing in 30 seconds. So I kind of feel like that when it comes to my success story, if you will. Where for the first three and a half years online, um, my story is very, very similar to anyone's story. I started out in a, in a network marketing company called Global Domains International. I got in all excited, all pumped up. It was a $10 per month thing. I had to just refer my friends and family there and make $1 residual. And then it would multiply over the levels. And I was supposed to make 3K per month in no time. But um, you know, it never happened because I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I couldn't even like uh figure out how to put a sales uh, how to put a squeeze page together. I remember actually just knocking one completely off of one of my um uplines, just literally word for word I stole it. Um it was ugly. And I, I don't know. I just did whatever I could. I spent a lot of time on social media, no one wanted to buy from me or even talk to me. And eventually I started moving into the direction of information marketing uh, because I realized that um, guys like Jonathan Budd and Mike Dillard who were selling information to network marketers were actually making way more money than 99% network marketers. So I started doing that and promoting affiliate products in that space. All of a sudden made a little bit of money but nothing consistent and you know, I I now re- recall how I made one sale of this thing called the MLM Mastermind System, which was a software tool. Maybe you remember that, John?
0: Yeah, I think I I do remember that. Yeah, it's um w- when was that? That was maybe fifteen
1: years ago. <laughs> no, actually it was I think it was about eight years ago, seven oh, years okay.
0: ago, only well, only half that amount of time. You see time flies when you yeah when you, uh, it get up in there in years like <laughs>
1: <me>. <laughs> so it was a one dollar trial with a bunch of upsells, so I remember referring to this one guy and he purchased uh the one dollar trial the the forty seven per month the one twenty seven and the five hundred offer so all in all, I ended up making like one hundred and twenty something dollars in commissions now to put things into perspective i had to work th- for three days to make that money like i had to toil physically for three long days in order to make 120 something dollars and all of a sudden here i am making that like that so the, you know naturally i'm i'm only what 20 maybe 19 at the time i'm like oh my god i hit the holy grail and i quit my day job you know i quit my day job the moment i got my first sale and that was a big mistake because I, <laughs> because I didn't make a single sale in the next six months. So um, it was sort of like this lucky kind of beginner's luck kind of thing. So I ended up spending more time and more time in the snitch because I've seen the results. I've seen just one sale and it gave me the hope, you know, the belief that it could work. And um, that's where I kind of uh, focused on for the next six to 12 months. And I, I eventually started making a little bit of money, selling my own information product about list building. But the my big success came only later when I discovered uh, solo ads and became one of the, if you will, forefathers of the craft of this method of advertising. And eventually, well, today it's now it's mainstream, right? Uh, sure. Most people know what it is. But back in the day, almost no one knew it and we were like a very intimate group of people, maybe less than 20 people were actually doing it. And
0: uh, Hey, Igor, yeah. before we, we go on, just for the, the sake of people who don't know what a solo ad is, I know uh, in Business Labs we do have a course on solo ads and uh, you know what that uh, entails, but if you could just give a, uh, uh, a quick overview of what sure, is a solo absolutely. ad.
1: Well, a, a solo ad is when you ask someone with a list, someone with a mailing list, to email your offer to their list. And guarantee and commit to a certain amount of traffic, so if they got a list of say hundred thousand people, you could actually approach them and say, "Hey, I'd like you to send um you know a hundred visitors to my link here," and so they charge you up front on a pay per click basis and they send you a minimum of one hundred unique visitors to your link by emailing the list so um that's that's how it works now the reason it became popular, I believe is because Google became very difficult to drive traffic with. They constantly changed the rules. They, they ban people. They slap people. Same thing with Facebook. Not only have to be super technical, but also you have to kind of stay on top of their rule book, which is often difficult. So eventually, solo ads became a very popular traffic source for people who promote business opportunities, MLMs, um, and anything to do with, with uh, the human potential. If sure. you will, there's there's also a huge market for solo ads. There's a huge amount of traffic in the uh, personal development space, in the dating space, in the forex space, and a few other you know big markets. I, I so, would imagine
0: uh, weight loss is also. Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's absolutely. there's a ton.
0: Well, you know, we've done a lot of work here in the lab with uh, home business entrepreneurs, uh, ne- network marketers, affiliate marketers, etc., and solo ads is. I think it's about as close as you can get to a done-for-you, uh, easy button, so to speak, uh, especially for a person who doesn't know much about advertising and navigating the the perilous waters of pay-per-click and uh, cost per view and and all the uh, again all the things that that people see as probably an overwhelming uh, combination of things to figure out before they. Even get a lead, you
1: know. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. You're totally right right about that. The technical boogaboo is very, you know, scary to people, and and it's okay because you know we do operate in a very tech tech rich environment here. So solids really does take a lot of that stuff out of the equation. You do have to understand email marketing though if you want to make solids work. Like it's really difficult to make solids work if you don't know why you should build a list or what a list is, or even how to use an autoresponder to email the list. Because, you know, there's a huge misconception about solids where people come in, they're like, okay, I'm going to buy, you know, 1,000 visitors, they're going to make me $1,000, I'm going to pay back for my traffic, going to reinvest, and I'm going to have this self-perpetuating marketing machine. But the reality is that it doesn't work like that. Sure. So you, yeah, well, unrealistic
0: expectations list. take people out, right? People think, well... Uh, I got a good offer right whether it's my my weight loss product or my MLm opportunity or whatever and uh so people certainly they're gonna recognize the offer they're gonna buy right I mean after all here i am it's it's good stuff or I wouldn't be selling it people are gonna buy and it's gonna be great and I'm gonna have positive roi on you know hour number one this is magical and I could just scale it up from there uh and then reality sets in and and for anyone listening. <laughs> I don't want to give anyone a picture of doom. Like, oh, get ready. Here comes trouble. Uh, I'm just letting you know, what Igor is saying is so, so valid. It's not just, hooray, you got a click and you paid a dollar. Okay, that's nice. Okay, but now what do you do with that person once they've gone through your squeeze page, your lead capture page? Now they're on your list. How do you cultivate the relationship with the individuals on that list? And I think that's where, Igor, some people may... May wonder about uh, you know if I just get a ton of traffic to whatever the offer is, I that's it pretty much my work is done. But that's kind of like treating your list like just data. Sure, it's data. Sure, you can see st- statistics. But every you know piece of data behind that is a person who originated that data. So we're talking about people buying from people still, right? I don't think that's changed in. A million years or however long humans have been walking the planet, right? Since the first caveman sold a rock or something to the other guy, right? We're still, <laughs> we're still dealing with people, right? Am I right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, technology changes every day. There's uh, new social networks coming up. There's text messaging. You know that, that on average people get and send about 100 text messages per day now. Mm. It's crazy. I mean, the amount of technology in our life is absolutely ridiculous, but it's still like every dollar you're going to make, will come from another person's pocket. So the communication doesn't change. The communication is exactly the same as it was, you know, two hundred years ago. Like the way you influence someone to buy the day is the same way you would do it back, you know, in, in the sixties. So which is why I actually paste the study advertising from back of the day because they you know these guys had it right. Uh, I'm not talking about like companies like Coca Cola or anything like that, but I'm talking about the the legends of direct response. Uh so if If you are a student of salesmanship, you know you will find that no matter what the technology of the day is, whether it's email, because I do believe that it actually is email and it will remain email for a very long time. But whether it is email or Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram or just you know blogging, whatever that is, the way you communicate with your prospect is exactly the same as you would do it if you were just having a you know, one on one conversation. Um, or maybe speaking from a platform.
0: Sure. So you tackled the, the technical aspect of this, right, that we already talked about. Like You've got to be able to nav- navigate. I mean, somehow you've got to get people on your list to be able to then run a solo ad, to be able to email on behalf of your advertiser, right? So that list didn't just appear. So you had to navigate the advertising space. But at the same time, you had to build that rapport, that, that personality, that, um, that authority in the marketplace, and build credibility and trust with people who could possibly do business with you. So there's sort of two different approaches happening simultaneously. Does that sound uh, pretty accurate?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in other words, there's the there is the technology aspect of it, which is actually fairly simple once you figure it out. It's kind of like riding a bike. Uh, once you figure it out, once you don't you don't spend time on it, you don't dwell on it anymore. And the other element, which is I think is more difficult, is to establish the rapport and the, to establish the the trust with uh, the people on your list, not only that, but becoming that authority slash leader with whom they don't even argue. Like I always tell people who kind of believe that you have to be an expert to make a lot of money online and to make a lot of money with a list um, that you don't really need to be an expert because experts, uh, experts someone you turn to for advice, but you have to be an authority because authority Is someone who just tells you to do something and you do it without arguing you know like my chiropractor the guy's an authority so if he tells me just stay in bed for two days don't you know don't walk don't stand do everything you know just your walking should be down to a minimum I do it I don't argue with the authority I know he's an expert but he's also an authority but there is a, a friend of mine who's an expert Right, he's he's a very good guy. He knows what he's talking about. But he's not an authority in my mind. You know what I mean? Like he's not mentally, he's not on a pedestal. So, even if he tells me to not do something, I'll still go do it. Mm-hmm. So, that action, right, that you want him to take, which is either opening, clicking, purchasing your stuff, you have to be an authority for that to happen.
0: How's the fastest route to uh, to making that happen? So, I'm day one in business. I'm a total ghost on the internet. What's your best advice?
1: Well, the best the best advice I've heard about this, I actually don't have a very specific uh fast start formula for this particular question, although I've been dwelling on it for a very long time now. Um I do believe that's a process both outer game and inner game combined. But the closest thing to an actionable advice I've heard about this was from Ray Higdon, the author of the Three Minute Expert, who says Um, learn, do, teach. So you learn a concept or you learn something by studying one of the quote-unquote gurus you're following. Then you do it and you teach what you've done. And by doing so, you become an authority to those who are just a couple of steps behind you. Which really sums up the way the industry works in many ways because, again, people come in, they're brand new to the business and they don't really feel like they... Like they can tell other people what to do. Like they can command other people to buy from them, right? right. Because it's not like it's not a line in their core. But the fact of the matter is, if you're two steps ahead of the person who's coming after you, then you are an authority to them. Because you've just went through something they're going through in their life right now. So you have to overcome this block that tells you that you're not, quote-unquote, worthy to be an authority to somebody and just claim that title.
0: Hmm. So there's a, a bit of a personal growth piece embedded in that, right? This whole worthiness thing, or what some people call deservability. Like, who am I? Who am I to, you know, be an authority or, or to uh, assume the the role of mentor or coach or something like that? Uh, but certainly, right? You didn't show up on the planet just yesterday. You've been here. You, you've learned some things. Those things can and are are valuable they can be and they are valuable to people who have not walked that path yet i remember a story of a guy who was working his way through uh, college and he was giving guitar lessons to uh, support himself and he was not a very good guitarist so he would (laughs) he would learn a lesson and he would practice and then you know next week he would show up at his uh, student uh, you know house or wherever he was teaching and he would show them the next lesson he was just one step ahead of his own (laughs) students
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you tell that, story because that's exactly what I've done with my first student. I charged this guy $300 and I said, look, this is my list size right now. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm making. I wasn't making, I wasn't making much. And I just said, look, um, I'll just teach you whatever works for me. And that's exactly what I've done. I first started teaching him what I knew, which was the basics uh, of list building and email marketing. Then, you know, we started writing copy. And long story short, in the next three months, I was, Advancing forward in my business and learning new things from my coach, and I just passed what I learned to him. So eventually, by the by the, by the end of the ninety days, I was at about ten thousand or twelve thousand dollars per month, and he was at about seven. So by by feeding to him through my own um, through my own, if you will, set of glasses, what I learned from my other from my coach, right? I was able to help him achieve a great results in, in his business, which really brings me to to another uh, paradigm shift, which I feel is very useful for anyone who's just getting started. You see, there is nothing out there that's brand new, which is something I've been learning more and more lately. Like there is no new information out there. A lot of it is just the same information repackaged and repurposed. So when you learn something from somebody else, as long as you package it in your own way, you can claim, you know, you can claim this as your own and just teach it in your own way. I've done that a lot. Now, you might say that, but wait, this is stealing. Well, you might call it that way, but the way I do it, you know, I just give credit where credit is due. In other words, I would teach it in my own way, but I would refer to the source. So just like I did in, you know, a couple of minutes ago with the, with the uh, learn, to teach concept, right? I said, look, the first one who said that, the first one who I learned it from was Ray Higdon, the author of The Three Minute Expert. So that's the concept. There you go. So now anyone, right? I mean, that's like as simple as that.
0: Well, you know, we can go back a long time. In fact, just in in modern history, just in the last couple hundred years, uh, there was a German philosopher named Johann Goethe who said, all intelligent thoughts have already been thought. What we must do is try and think them again. (laughs) <laughs> right, so uh, if if uh, people had <laughs> if people had surrendered to the to the reality that uh, hey you know all intelligent thoughts are already thought that therefore I've got nothing to contribute well then that's it that's total apathy go crawl under a rock and die that's it you're done society's done but that's not how society works right and I could tell you Igor from doing uh, public speaking and writing books and you know, all the things that uh, I've done for years uh, that people a lot of times they need to hear stuff differently or from a different person or hear it again myself, right? I I need reminders, right? I forget stuff. Sometimes, Igor, I'll pick up my own book and read it. And I'm like, my goodness, how profound I was when I wrote that. (laughs) Thank you, John. Thank you for the reminder. So, uh, I mean, that's the human condition, right? We've got circumstances. We've got uh, life is happening. And, you know, we've got a, a little bit of a forgettery to go along with our memory, which can be a good or bad thing, and so and I, I can tell you quite quite often I've uh, seen people uh, sort of attach themselves to a teaching which I may have uh, promulgated which I did not originate. Okay, I I got this from other people who thought these thoughts before me, a hundred, a 1, thousand, two thousand years ago. Right, I've been studying you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, from spirituality to uh, psychology and various philosophies and stuff for a long time. So good news, right? Good news for me and good news for my listener, my student, my my reader of the book or whatever, because now they've got a messenger who is still keeping that message going and perhaps bringing it into modern times right? or putting it in a platform or in a way that can be digested by the person of 2016 we're in right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, that's, that's totally, totally valid. And you know what? There's 7 billion people on the planet. And I don't remember the exact stats of how many, you know, tens of thousands are born every day. Right. But uh, the human race is is constantly recycling, so to speak. So uh, guess what? There's new people with a new interest every single day. You couldn't market in a lifetime to the amount of people who are born in one day
1: <laughs> yeah there's a, there's an old saying there's a customer born every minute, sure. which really holds true uh, you know the other day uh, my wife were, and I were having a conversation and she just started learning how to drive. it was a long like it was a fear of hers she couldn't handle it for a long time now she overcame it she's you know she's taking lessons, and she's like, man, look at our little town We we have like what twenty five thousand people living here. And we have like twelve drive school driving schools or driving school t- teachers or whatever, because you know in Israel uh, that's like a private practice. like it's like a doctor, I don't know, like you go and you hire a professional, you don't really learn this stuff in school so and she's like, how you know I wanted to set a, I wanted to set a, a lesson with my teacher, and he said he's busy and that he can only fi- fit me in in three days and she's like how, how come he he's so busy?" I'm like, well, think about it. He's got a customer born every minute. Literally, someone turns 16 every single day. So naturally, he's constantly busy. He's always, you know, he's he's got clients coming in every single day. There's more clients that he can possibly fit in into 24-hour time period.
0: Wow. I didn't realize the demand for uh, driving schools was uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so big. I, I was thinking, <laughs> what, how did I learn how to drive? I, um... Uh, friend or uh, parent, uh, car and out in a parking lot, and you know some private instruction just from uh, a mentor. But I d- I've never taken like a driving school class. I didn't realize that was so uh, so big. Well, well yeah, maybe that's, that's maybe forced. just in Israel. Maybe it's not in yeah. America. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's it's a government thing. They force it on you. I would. I mean, I would love to learn driving with my dad. He's a great driver. But you know, circling back to the whole concept of uh, there is a customer born every minute. Um now think how vast this is when it comes to the internet. I used to really obsess when when I would talk to to a client and they would like not buy from me. I'd be like, "Oh my god, this client didn't buy. Now he's going to go and tell his friend and no one's going to buy from me." But the reality is there's so many people out there you you couldn't handle everybody. You couldn't. All you need is like a fraction of a percent to make six figures that's great
0: that's a very uh a very heartwarming number for people who are uh thinking, "Wow, how could I ever tackle this? How could I ever be big enough in the marketplace to to get to even a six figure income and uh it's really not that it's, i mean it's so vast right and we're talking internationally now you can do business mm-hmm. and you do business you go all over the world yep. so uh, I mean unless we 're running a uh, brick and mortar you know storefront or something like that then then we've got local considerations but I think for the, the probably the majority of the listeners here on good for business they've got uh well they're online right they're uh doing something internationally whether it's um income opportunity or information product uh even uh people like in the insurance space or maybe even real estate where they may be attracting people from other areas who want to uh, buy real estate in their area or uh, across state lines, looking for insurance policies or something. So, uh, to be able to think outside of one's local area really opens things up, and uh, and I think that's part of the advantage that you have, right? So we we talked about uh, you know some of the, the circumstances and the learning curve and the discipline that it took to establish yourself in the marketplace. But the advantage you had was this this internet thing and the fact that here you are talking with John Lavenia in Utah. On the other side of the world, right? I mean, it's just—I'm
1: talking to the John Lavinia. That's the it. That's, the, the
0: Godzilla of personal growth and the solo ad guy. So, uh, so how about how about advice for uh, for people in terms of, you know, if they want to get into, let, let's say they've got something local and they want to take it online, they want to take it global, uh, they want to, uh, you know, get get away from the the geographic borders and uh, hopefully avoid some mistakes along the way any any ideas on that
1: well um, it's interesting that you asked me this question because a couple of weeks ago I've helped a friend of mine who runs a grocery store to really expand his market reach what we've done we shot a very controversial video that talks about a problem that our little town experiences right now which is something that you know our local the local market is aware of right it's like top of the mind awareness and I, I pushed him to make the video really controversial. What ended up happening is he put it up on Facebook and the target audience was anyone who speaks Russian who lives in our town, which is 5,900 people out of 25,000. Somehow, some way, he reached 25,000 people. So what happened was that his video got shared so often and that it reached people outside of, of the town. Hmm. So uh, the geographical limitation I mean there are some but now he's like expanding his reach and the the customer base he had access to he wasn't tapping it fully like he was not on top of their mind because in a in a town of 25,000 people with the target market of 5,900 people he had seven he has seven other competitors so the market is kind of divided between all of them now, you know, he's able to, to take in a bigger chunk of that market because of that video. And of course, you know, he's consistent about putting up more videos. So that's as far as like local limitations, which often are not as limiting as we believe they are. You know, it's more so that our marketing isn't as, as, um, powerful as we want it to be. As far as removing the limitation, here's something that I believe is going to help you do that basically what I love about the internet is that this is the marketplace of ideas right, right. we sell and buy ideas mm-hmm. we sell and buy personal development we we buy and sell experiences right I want to read your book because I want to know what you've gone through I want to buy someone else's course because I'm hoping that they went through a similar problem and solved it now they're sharing how they've done it in fact I did it a lot and I still do in the dating space, right? I buy a lot of courses in the dating space, and I want to go see. Uh, there's a famous pickup artist coming down to Tel Aviv um, in in a few weeks. Where, you know, I want to go, you know, see him because um, that's that's like the greatest example of how you take ideas, right, and make money with them. Make so so now,
0: hold on. Let me clarify. This is strictly academic. You're you're married, right?
1: <laughs> I am married, yes, absolutely, okay. But but um, I find yeah, I should have probably. Thank you for right. for stopping me. <laughs> um, I find so many parallels in uh, dating versus marketing right. because the amount of effort it takes for someone for a man to uh, get a woman to feel comfortable around him and to uh, basically have a relationship is the same amount of effort it takes a marketer right or a sales professional to attract and quote unquote convert a prospect into a fan sure so if you study the dating world you'll see so many commonalities you'll be able and if you're like you know you you can see through all that stuff you can like uh, convert all these concepts into marketing concepts which you know sometimes I talk a lot about on my podcast Uh, I I think about half of my episodes are all about that because it's just so easy to explain to people how things work. So um, we operate in the marketplace of ideas. The one thing that you can do is you can get on Google and you can type in how to, and all of a sudden you'll see a bunch of different suggestions, right? So all these ideas, all these questions, someone's paying money to to get answers. So if you want to remove the physical limitation you have to stop selling um, physical goods, unless of course you do Amazon drop shipping or something like that, and you want to get into the concept, into the paradigm of who is looking for an idea, or should I say what's the need people have, like what, what are the ideas they're looking for, and how I can step in and offer value in that market so I can cash in on those ideas.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. We're, we're talking about developing one's ability to sell. Really, this is this is salesmanship. This is the ability to survey the marketplace. This is the ability to communicate in a compelling way with people. And I think uh, quite often, in in some segments of the online marketing space, people uh, want to be anonymous. And, and, and certainly, like you, you mentioned, Amazon drop shipping or whatever. Like nobody cares who you know put the the thing on Amazon and you know just give me the best price and ship it to me and that's it. Uh, But if we're looking to really make our mark, I think a lot of times people have invalidated the idea of of being a good salesperson. And I know I've read even from guys like uh, Kiyosaki, right? I I know that Mm -hmm. uh, you recently interviewed uh, him on your podcast. Yep. And, uh, you know, he talked about learning how to sell as one of the the paramount and, and foundational actions that one would take to become successful in business. And I feel fortunate that that's where I got my start as well. The, you know, the ability to communicate, the ability to transfer an idea and some enthusiasm about a product or service to the extent that a person would be willing to exchange some money with you for, you know, that experience. That's big. That's big. So I, I keep waving the, the, you know, the sales flag. Now, of course, marketing comes in. And we learn how to automate ourselves. We learn how to initiate that sales conversation in the marketplace by, you know, doing something where we don't actually have to be across the table from somebody and talking to them. So that's beautiful, right? Again, hooray for the internet. Yep. But this whole idea of sales and learning how to communicate and learning how to persuade—and I know this is a, uh, a a word that sometimes gets, you know, misunderstood. People think, oh, I don't want to, you know, manipulate other people or or, you know, cause people to make decisions. Well, you know, nothing happens until somebody makes a decision, right? Yeah. So, and they, a lot of people need help. I need help sometimes. You know, I go to a store, I talk to the salesman, he he helps me make a decision. Thank you, you just saved me time and, you know, got you got me the experience I was looking to have, you know, in, in hours instead of months or, or whatever. So, so that's big. That's a big, big piece of advice, everybody. I hope you, you got that from Igor. So here's a guy who essentially lives on the internet, telling you about salesmanship and learning how to communicate and and content marketing right here's the solo ad guy saying here's the the Russian store who did a video right so yep. that's not a solo ad that's that's content marketing so this whole thing works together and it, it, we could even I mentioned your podcast which we have to make sure people subscribe to here you've got the list building lifestyle podcast. Where you're interviewing already. I mean, that podcast is only going for a few months. You're already interviewing guys like Robert Kiyosaki. Is that... Is that a, a powerful tool that you're podcasting now? Hey, give me some advice. We're podcasting right now. Help me. How do I how do I improve my podcasting?
1: <laughs> well, for one, ask for it. Right. Get just you know talk to people, invite them. Everyone loves to uh, to be a guest and to be. I mean, I love being a guest on your show. It's awesome to kind of uh, be on this tiny little pedestal that I feel on right now. Um, uh, second, uh, be infotaining. Right. Which something, which is something you do amazingly well. In fact, when I was interviewing you for the show, um, I think it was a couple of months ago, I, I, I was taking down, I was taking notes furiously as you were talking, just kind of studying the way you communicate because it was like, man, it's a different level, like hmm. to, to what I was able to accomplish because I never went through this uh, sales training you went through. Right. You remind me a lot of my, of my mentor, Tom Beal. Like you guys have a lot of the same, um, the language patterns happening, enthusiasm, tonality, and this is like this—the kind of stuff that I was never able to really, really, really get good at until I I hooked up with Tom. Mm.
0: So well, thank you for the acknowledgement. I, I appreciate that.
1: You're welcome. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I was going somewhere really, really important with that. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, yeah. Right, so right. 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 Yeah, I remember ahead. now. So, um, you said that people feel queasy about the word sales and marketing and and persuasion manipulation i agree with you completely uh in fact the word manipulation is probably the one that makes people uncomfortable the most however i believe that marketing and, and every single variation of marketing is kind of like a gun like it could be used as a weapon to make people do uh bad things but it could also be used for protection and the bad guys are already using it to do bad things so as far as I'm concerned, if you are um, either aspiring to become a sales professional or you are a sales professional or marketer, um, it is your moral obligation to get super skilled at that and do the right thing. Like you can be a great salesman and be a douchebag, but you could be a great salesman and really help change lots of lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a uh, a big a big hurdle for people mentally to, to overcome if they're uh, getting into business or they're they're new in like a marketing company, like we talked about before, uh, home-based business and, and biz ops and things like this, uh, to get really, really okay with the idea that you you are in sales, you are a marketer. And that is what you're paid for. You're paid for production. the The purpose of marketing is to increase the demand for what you supply. So go do marketing. And I think a lot of times, in the uh, certainly in the uh, the home based business space, uh, a lot of times people, while they may you know wear the badge of network marketer, they really don't understand what that post entails, and in fact, Igor, they they wind up bogging themselves down with uh, manning a lot of other ancillary posts that that don't even need to be manned, right? I mean, here's a third-party product provider. They're taking care of that. There's the legal team. There's, you know, uh, the graphic designers and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Their only post is to increase the demand (laughs) for what people supply, right, That, that have already been supplied for them and they don't man the post very well i think a lot of times uh, they they really need to you know grab a dictionary and start looking up words like marketing and i don't mean to to seem you know overly critical about it i'm just stating what i've seen for years, the and, obvious. years and years yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh what did you sign up for marketing oh in fact you know what that was how the title of my first book came along because i i was doing uh, very well. I was a top producer in a, a high-ticket direct sales company. I, I sold a whole lot of that stuff and had a uh, big, big uh, influence and reach. And uh, of course, I started day one like everybody else, you know, stats were zero. But uh, but here I was, this, this top earner for years and years. And uh, people were asking me for my secrets. And uh, after a while of, of answering pretty much the same questions over and over again, I realized, you know, all I did was I, I just did what I said I was going to do? Like I signed up to do this marketing thing, and so I I did the marketing thing, and and I'm successful, right? So what is that? That's that's integrity, right? That's I I did what I said I was going to do. Is that does that make me special? I I don't know. Well well maybe it does, right? So I wrote the book about it. <laughs> that's it. All I did was what I said I was going to do. That's it, folks. No more secrets. So I know that that's kind of like gives away the, the the punchline. And there's you know 204 pages to basically explain that one concept, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, it is so, it is so simple. And, and you know what? It's not necessarily easy, right? I went to the gym today, uh, Igor, you know, that I'm into weightlifting and, and Krav Maga, which is from Israel yep. right down the street yep. from you. And uh, and so uh, and weapons training, by the way. So you mentioned a, a gun. So here we're having a, a U.S. Constitution uh, uh, conversation, you know, and you're you're not even in, in the States, but you get it right in terms yep, of yep. like, here, here's a tool and you can do lots of things with it. Um, but I didn't want to go to the gym. I, it's painful. It's uncomfortable, right? It's, uh, it's frustrating. And, but, but you think about how do you get muscles to grow? You frustrate the muscle. You push them past, you know, comfort and you do that repetitively. And you, you develop the habit, like Albert Gray said back in the 1950s, successful people have developed a habit of doing things that failures don't like to do. And it's not because they like doing those things. They just do them anyway because they've got a reason big enough to do them and to get uncomfortable. Uh, again, I think my five-year-old daughter would get that concept to, to a degree, right? But certainly adults have to get that concept. They have to. And if we've got enough interest, like you were mentioning in, uh, you know, studying different salespeople and, uh, books and whatever, and, uh, you know, the, the technical aspect of what you do as the solo ed guy, if you've got enough interest, well, you're naturally going to develop an aptitude. I don't. Uh, you know, I'm not very good at uh, one of the things I mentioned in the, in the book was trigonometry. Right? I dropped my high school trigonometry class. I I didn't have an aptitude for it. And guess what? Because I was 100% disinterested, it had no use in my life. It was a complete waste of my time. I was not going in the direction of uh, what do you use trigonometry for? I don't even know <laughs> engineering bridges or something. I, no, that's not my that's not my bag, man. I, I don't know. So uh, no interest equals no aptitude. On the other hand i 'm very interested, very interested in certain things and guess what isn 't it amazing what a What a wonderful serendipitous blessing that i 'm also i 've got a great aptitude for those things is that a, Is that a coincidence no <laughs> <laughs> anyway we could, we could probably talk for an hour give us Give us some advice and then how how do people uh, reach you so any closing comments and, and where do we
1: find you? All right, so first off, you should be able to hear the helicopter in the background right now. Yeah. So, just like is. I said at the beginning of the call, yeah, they're flying up and down uh, to the base, prob- probably doing some training. Anyway, um, how are you going to find out more about me? Well, first off, you should definitely uh, subscribe to my podcast at uh, uh because if you're a sales professional, if you're in, in a network marketing company, if you're marketing business opportunities, if you're selling information products, coaching products, or thinking about any of those things, you will find uh, this podcast to be extremely valuable uh, due to the fact that it just gives you lots of tools and lots of persuasion uh, mechanisms to use in your marketing. Like we talk, uh, so we're pretty much the, 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 the most we talk about is sales and conversions. Now, it also focuses on email list building and uh, buying traffic. So if you find any of these things interesting, make sure you subscribe at list and show.com And if you're looking, if you're looking for uh, traffic for a network marketing company or your business opportunity, then definitely check out igorsolowitz.com. Uh, submit a free application and my team will assist you getting started. Zero tech skills required. And you might even qualify for our risk free guarantee as well.
0: There you go. So uh, check Igor out. We'll be sure to give you some links in the description of this episode as well. Igor, thank you for, for this uh, conversation. It's always fun talking with you. I, I don't know that we've ever met in person. Perhaps we will someday. Just Not yet. Yeah, another benefit of the Internet. And uh, I look forward to, uh, to hearing more of your episodes as well. So thanks again, my friend. And uh, hey, everybody, we will be back here with another thrilling, thrilling episode of the Good for Business podcast real soon. Make it a great day, everyone.